to our beautiful deep community, I want to assure you the deeper is going nowhere and the same incredible content will be released every week, but now through Arise. It is going to be less trauma heavy and more inspirational, uplifting, but it will still challenge and push you to grow. For all your deeper episodes, they are still available every fortnight. You can still get your deep hit with the deeper subscription. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Well, we've got masks on, we've got suits on, we've got gloves on, we've got booties on, we've goggles on, we've got all that sort of stuff. But you learn not to breathe through your nose, you breathe through your mouth. Because once you've got that smell, it's like, whoa, Nelly. Welcome to The Deep. I'm Zoe Marshall. In my early 20s, a lot of traumatic things happened. And ever since then, I have had this fascination with people and their stories. This is The Deep. After exploring the early life and trauma of Sandra, we hadn't even gotten to talk about her current work. Sandra is a trauma cleaner. She cleans up all the things no one else wants to. Murder scenes, suicides, squalor and hoarders, meth labs and drug dens. Her work is dangerous and hard to stomach. I am fascinated at what she finds when she rocks up to work each day and how she manages to mentally and physically overcome that, how she deals with these people that are left behind in these grotesque scenarios. I could see that trauma cleaning was something that I could see when I was a a funeral director. And being a funeral director, no one did. Or the police fire brigade, Amos, they weren't interested in cleaning up. They had their job to do. And so I could see a niche in it, but I was so up myself. I didn't dream for a minute that I would be doing it. But then I could see this in this hour of need and I thought, well, this will bring us in good money. So we got our first job because we knew someone in the funeral industry straight away. And it was a sight for sorry eyes because I had a nickname, Miss Sparkle, because my house is always spotless. Can you tell us what it is exactly a trauma cleaner does? It's a variety of things. First off, it's murder, suicide, aggravated burglaries. But then we go into hoarding, squalor, odour control. Um, It encompasses... um, mental health, drug and alcohol abuse. It's the sort of jobs that no one else really wants to do. And so we would clean meth labs. We would clean, we now do COVID-19. We do a myriad of different things. We do the interview rooms, the cells, the divvy vans to clean the back of their mouth. Um, We do a whole host of work now. We're so busy. We're one of the busiest trauma cleaning companies in Victoria. Because I think the first thing everyone thinks of is like murders and suicides. And 
you go in there once the body is removed, but everything else is the same. So you are looking at this environment in the last moments of that person's existence. Is that weird? Look, it is, and you've got family to deal with. So it's more you have to look after them and look after their mental health and let them get back on with their life. So our job is to make sure that there's not a drop of blood anywhere. So you have to inspect everything and make sure it's all gym dandy, it's all right. Um, If one case we had a family where the husband shot the wife and then shot himself Mm. and um, the kids were just desperate to get into the house to see what happened and I said, no, 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 I'm sorry that you can't do that because did you love your parents? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Did they love you? Oh, yes, 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 yes. I said, okay, do you think this is the memory that they want you to have for the rest of their life? And I argued to the point back and forth, back and forwards, but I said, no, this is not how your parents that loved you would want you to be. So anyhow, we got through that situation. But what the agreement was that I said to them, okay, the only way I'll let you in the house is through um, I get some linen out of the linen press and I put it over the actual area and I'll have my staff stand on each corner of it so that you can't lift the rug, the towel, the mm-hmm. sheets up or anything to have a look. But you'll see the vicinity of where it was done and whatever. And they were okay with that. And so I took them through the house, showed them they were weeping and wailing, which is understandable. And then they went about, you know, collecting the the valuable possessions in the house, which I was very pleased to sort of help them be able to do that. Um, but in the end, they sort of thanked me for that. They said, mm. we're so glad now that we didn't look at it um, because it would have it would have impregnated their mind. And like, you know, so we, we're not only just cleaners, we're counsellors, yes. we're a myriad of different things. Do you know what I mean? There was a case in the book that I actually had to Google because I didn't understand, but you said somebody had taken their life with um, a tree lopper. Do oh, you remember yes, this? Yes, that was after. Yes, I do. Um, it was after Melbourne Cup and he had been out gambling away and was quite well to do and drinking up a storm and everything. And he had some regret over gambling so much money, had rental properties and all this sort of stuff. And um, in the end, he decided he wanted to kill himself. So he went out on the balcony and he started bashing his legs together with bricks (gasps) to try and destroy them. And so there was blood trails all through there and everything like that, and that wasn't good enough. So he went through the house and everything, and then he ended up going into the bedroom and used the tree loppers to lop his toes off first. And then from there he goes to um, get his penis and lobs his penis off. So you've got this rainbow of blood over the ceiling, the walls and everything, and down back on the bed. And um, there was something weird about the steps going upstairs. So anyhow, I went um, was down the stairs and I just felt there was something wasn't right. So we peeled back a bit of the carpet and it was chock a block of maggots. <gasps> and so we had to rip all the carpet up from the hall, the hallway stairwell and clean all that. So it was just I a mean- sixth sense that we got that in. And that was amazing. You have to be a little bit cold and hard 
to be able to survive it. You can't just be a gentle patsy all the time. What would um, one charge for a job like that? I mean, that's an extensive job. It varies extensively because you've got um, anything that has to be thrown out, you know, like the carpet, um, mattress and all that has to be burnt by law. So that has to go to bio waste. It can't just go to the tip or anything there. Um, So that's very expensive to get done. The labour per hour is very expensive. Like our first call out there would be, say, $4.95 plus GST for the first hour. And then it's about $300 for every hour thereafter for two people. Who pays for that if that person's deceased? It either comes out of the estate or family members or... Um, if it's with the Department of Justice, it could be victim of crime and it would be covered that way. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And you deal with hoarders a lot. I mean, face to face. Yeah, that's what we're really big known on. Yeah. I mean, we're dealing with lots of different levels of um, mental health and we're also dealing with people living in these situations for 30, 40 years. What is it that you have learnt from working with these extreme hoarders? Um, I've learnt that every single person in every situation is different and we need to take it as that. Like we had one woman that um, didn't want to have her house cleaned up. She was in fear that she'd lose her place. Um, it was a community group that paid us to go and do the job, but she was a little bit not quite right that she didn't know how to get onto maintenance and get the house fixed. And she'd lived in a house for many years that had flooded several times and always, and also had sewage overflows. So mm. there was shit right through the house and moisture. <gasps> right she was living in it. And living she was in living sh- in it. Now, she thought that, and she'd lost seeing her children and her grandchildren because they wouldn't come over to the house. And plus, there was a mess everywhere. There's shit everywhere. We started on the job and started cleaning it. And as we moved furniture out from the walls, it was solid black mould in wardrobes that you could never, haven't been open for 100 years, uh, behind furniture, all this sort of stuff. And the plaster was damp, probably 18 inches up off the wall. So the house was stuffed. So anyhow, I'd called the people that employed us to do the job and I said, we have to, um, you know, this house is not fit for humans to live in and we have to be, um, we have to pull the job. We can't do it any further. Well, she was furious, absolutely furious, the lady that was living there. She put on such a commotion and everything like that But then six months later, they'd put her into aged care. She'd got well. She was so sick from the mould and everything in the house Mm. that then she could turn around and say, look, thank you so much for what you did. I didn't want it. She's got her children back in her life. She's got her grandchildren back in her life. And she feels that she was dying and she didn't want to leave from where she was dying. She felt like she was dying because it was, yeah, the black mould. 
So, and you know, how, there's success how do you, stories like that. That's so beautiful. How do you adjust to the smells of human fecal matter, of animals living in the walls, of how do you cope with that? Well, we've got masks on, we've got suits on, we've got gloves on, we've got booties on, we've goggles on, we've got all that sort of stuff. But you learn not to breathe through your nose, you breathe through your mouth. Because once you've <laughs> got one. that smell, it's like, whoa, Nelly. And for a long time, you didn't even wear gloves or masks. Well, I never, we never, ever, ever did I when I was going to interview a client to talk about whether we do the job or not. Because to me, if I'd have turned up in there in like a sperm suit and a mask and gloves and all this, they would have been affronted and they would have felt like they were diseased. And I didn't want anyone to feel like that. I wanted them to feel like, we're here to help you. We're going to get you through this obstacle. We're going to get whoever's knocking you that owns your property or whatever. Well, let's get them off your back. You know, I'm here to help Mm. you. I'm not one Mm. of them. So anyhow, that's how we get in with them and get an understanding with them to be able to do it. But I'd explain that when my staff come, that they have to wear PPE as protection because I'm not allowed legally to have them do that. And they would understand, but I would be there and I would not wear a mask or anything. But then I have lung disease, so, you know, I'm on the way out as well. It's fascinating because you really give a sense of, you give them a sense of dignity. You have such compassion. Yes. There, that is a huge part of your job. Well, it's not just cleaning it. Compassion and dignity, and our motto is excellence is no accident. Did you? Was there a time or a moment that you were just like, "Oh my lord!" Like you were winded by the shock of the the state of the place? Oh, many a time I'd say that. Many a time okay. I'd say, "Cruel." But I'd always know that it, we could get through it. Whereas with my staff, sometimes I'd say, this is the job, we've got X amount of hours on it, and they'd look at it and they'd go, oh, we're never going to get this job done. And I'd say, come on, don't think of it like that. Let's just get in and get it done. And we get it done in time. You know, it's like it can seem overwhelming, but I'm very fortunate enough that I can see the wood for the trees. Do you know yeah. what I mean? You can... You get a picture of how it's going to be. I can look at a room and I'll go, okay, because they've had a problem with hoarding, I'll say, how about when we do the room again, we twist it around a little bit. We change the format of the room. How would you be with that? And they go, oh, okay, because most people don't know how to set a room up to get the Mm. maximum room advantage out of the room. So anyhow, we'd set the room up and everything like that. But my mission behind that was that, once they, every time they walk into the room, that it would be, oh, it's different now and it changes mm. their patterns. So mm. it was a, a key to a tool to help them um, change the way that they were living and sort of get on with it. Have you been recalled to hoarders' homes? We did for a while um, through DHHS, but they've clamped down a lot now on repetitive people because some of them... I shouldn't be so cruel, but sometimes people, they have an expectations and I live in DHHS housing and they'll get the cleaners in mm. because their last resort is to throwing them out because they're very good people, the DHHS. You know, they have to be tough sometimes because the clientele is pretty unbelievable. 
and um, we have to, you have to go with the men, but some of them think it's their right to just create an absolute mess in a house or bash holes in walls where they can sort hide their drugs and things like that um, and then expect housing to come in and fix it all up. Well, it's not their God-given right, and I'm glad that DHHS are taking a better look at this now. You have a very compassionate overview of your work. Do you think this has come from your life experience? No, oh, most definitely, most definitely, because I've suffered in my life at times. Um, I don't want anyone else to suffer, so I have this need to please, mm. and um, I can't help it. There, all of this is in your book. If you want to read yeah. more about Sandra, I love that it's broken up into chapters of your life story and then chapters of the jobs. It's just done so yeah. beautifully. There is something in the book I wanted to touch on that it kind of leaves it up yeah. in the air, and I hope it's okay for me to bring this up. Yep. Yeah. We um, get taken into your children um as grown-ups and you touching base with them via Facebook and we're kind of left with what happened like and I just wanted to ask you for all of those that are huge fans of the book and of your story what happened next with your two grown children? Well I made contact with the eldest child because the names in the book were changed and everything to protect Mm -hmm. them yeah um so uh the eldest child was all eager and beaver and everything like that to see me, but um, it died off straight away, and so that was okay. Um, then the younger child, he had a lot of issues around it and thought that his mother, who I get on very well with and we're good friends, um, they thought that she was always sticking up for me and that they weren't getting the true picture. And um, now through the book, they can sort of understand a bit more and slowly, slowly the younger one is coming around. In fact, he did have a bit of a chip on his shoulder and he had this book on his coffee table and because he's um, in his mid-40s, going on 50s, and he's got a six-year-old child, anyhow, he's sort of got problems in his life, et cetera, and um, he was had a, seeing a counsellor himself and the counsellor come to the house and he said, um, oh, so you're reading The Trauma Cleaner. What a fantastic book. And he goes, oh, yeah, it'd be all right if it wasn't your father. And um, the guy turned around and said to him, well, I would take that as an honour, not as a, a disclosure. He said, you need to look into this, he said, because you don't realise what you've got. <clears throat> so That's really beautiful. Tender times, do you know what I mean? I understand that as well. I understand from their point of view and from your ex-wife's point of view how difficult it would have been for them. But I do feel like what an opportunity for them to see the opposite side. Yeah, yeah, but I, they, they don't fully understand, they don't fully get it. Um, and so it's a time will tell sort of scenario, you know, and I'm in no hurry. And you said that you are talking to your ex-wife again. Um, yep. Was she there... actually goes into hospital today. Oh, so dear. So she's got health issues with her rage and her back and stuff like that. And so she's in hospital today. I rang her, not last night, the night before, just to say, you know, I hope everything goes well and blah, blah, blah. I won't be able to come and see you because of COVID. 
Um, she said, no, that's fine. She said, so we'll be in touch as soon as she's out, up and awake again. Because that, that's a really beautiful, um, it is a beautiful thread through the story of her, I mean, immense love for you. Like she really always had this huge heart, open heart for you. And so that's a really comforting part to take away from this interview as well. The last question of today, Sandra, who are you when no one is watching? Who am I when no one's watching? That's very interesting. I'm um, a TV freak. I love restauranting. I love good quality food, good quality wine. Um, I am a homebody. I don't really go out a lot. I enjoy my own company and I have my dog, Moe Shandon. I just um, chill at home, really. I don't go out that much, but if I do go out, it's somewhere really nice and classy. Because I'm a bit up myself, really, at times. <laughs> You're almost a cat with nine lives. It just. Oh, you... I think I've got two cats. <laughs> You're going on to the third cat. Yeah, I'm being a bit of a pussy here, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Thank you, Sandra. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Deep. If it's left you with any burning questions for our guests or for me, I'll be hosting a live Q&A on Instagram via at Zoe B. Marshall later this week. You can also submit questions and watch replays of the Q&A on Instagram via at What's the Deep. Don't forget to subscribe to The Deep on your favourite podcasting app. Please leave a rating and review. It's really helpful to help others discover the show. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, everybody. It is Zoe here. Change is coming to the deep. I want to welcome you to Arise. It's uplifting. It's quirky. It's curious. It's all about the mindset and self-discovery to be more helpful and of service. During 16 of the Deep, you'll hear some of these episodes and I'd love to hear what you think of them over on our Instagram at What's the Deep.